Qui-Gon, why do we park on driveways? Why do we drive on parkways? Qui-Gon. Rail's drunk again. Help me figure this out. I'm going to try and talk to this snake. <laughs> Everything you'd want to know about Count Doku's past. Why he left the Jedi Order. How he trained under Yoda. Everything you need to know. If you can manage to pay attention. Today, we discuss Doku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott on this edition of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. Hello, and welcome to podcast number 11 of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. I'm here with my good buddy, John. Hello. My good buddy, William. Howdy. And today we are going over Doku, Jedi Lost, the audiobook. Uh, it was written by Kevin Scott, uh, Random House Audio, and came out in April of 2019. I didn't know this uh, whenever I was listening to the actual audiobook, but they printed the script for it in October of 2019. I saw um, that as well. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to discuss that because I think there's an interesting point in there. But first off, as anybody that listens to this podcast knows, uh, two things new are about to happen. Number one, you're about to hear a ton of spoilers. So if you don't want to hear anything about the audio drama Doku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott, turn off this podcast right now. The second thing that is about to happen is that we are all about to open some beers and in a certain case, clinkle a glass. So uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. William, what are you drinking tonight? Um, 24 ounces of, uh, double shot white oh Russian. Oh my God. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. He told me earlier and I was like, that's you a big now? gulp of white Russian. That's yeah. like a, that's huge. 24 ounce and, uh, double the, I, I like to double the Klua and vodka. So All right. it's not really white. It's kind of tan. Yeah. I'd say that <laughs> at, the, at that point, they can't tell color. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh man. John, what are you drinking? Uh, can I open my beer now? Oh, okay, you want to pop first, and then we talk? Okay, yeah. Yeah, then we that. talk about the beer. First, we yeah, open the beer, then we drink the beer, then we talk about the beer. All right. Uh, on three, two, and we'll get, a, we'll get a clinkle of the glass from you, uh, William. Yeah. Yep, uh, ready to go. Three, okay. two, one. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, so, my beer is um, oh, not local per it. se. Listen to that. Yeah, it's not local per se, but it's local-ish. Okay. It is from Dissolver, which is in Asheville. North I've not Carolina. Heard of this and uh, I have not. I've never seen this before. And this one is called uh, Spreadsheets and Deadlines. I like the name. I like the yeah. name. Juicy IPA. <clears throat> so, um, do do you know any other beers by them that I might know? I TPS report. TPS report. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be a good one. <laughs> that would be good. It is very hazy. Look at that. So Everybody it's funny you got pod. a hazy because I'm drinking a hazy imperial right now. The Higher Plane IPA from uh, New Belgium. I think I I've like, seen that one. I think I've had that one. I don't you may have. It, it's 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 fairly common. It's uh so it's the one with the little skeleton, uh, kind of like sitting in the uh, sitting in the yoga pose with like the big glowy thing, glowing yeah. in his lap. Yeah. Rings a bell. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I've actually I've actually bought a six pack uh, for the podcast, but I've already torn up in two of them last night. So, is what it is. Treat yourself. Treat yourself, girl. All right. So, <laughs> this is our first audio drama. But uh, we, we we talked about this uh, is our only audio audio drama. Only. Please God, yeah, tell actually me. probably is, and, yeah. and, and there may be a reason for that. Um, so uh, <laughs> so first off, as uh, John is probably uh, knows, I'm about to ask this question. Uh, William, can you give me a score of one through a hundred on this? Um, if I remember me. right, I think your episode one score was high seventies, low eighties. Was that yeah. right? Yeah, I'm okay. gonna give this. I'm gonna give this 
I wish I could break it up into. I understand it's an overall score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's overall, it's, it's, overall, it's the medium 60. and the story. Yeah, sixty. Okay, John, what do you got? I think I'm in that same ballpark, and I know what William's saying because I want to give it a high score mm-hmm. for the production value. Yeah. And it's a treat to listen to. It is, but I, I we I, I didn't get into the story all that much. I didn't really care for the story all that much. I didn't learn much from the story. So, yeah, kind of a middling grade. So I'm going to be the highest here. I'm giving, I'm giving it about a 75. Um, Which is still pretty low. It, it is. It's low compared to some of the other media that we've uh, consumed thus far in our journey. Um, so I think I think there's two things that you gotta you got to do here. Number one is you got to separate the medium and the way the medium is uh, given to the consumer and then also the actual story itself. Um, where do we start? Uh, I was going to say that this was particularly hard for me because this is the, you know, obviously the first audio drama, but I think I told you guys in the last podcast, my favorite medium for Star Wars is actually audio books. So I was expecting something different because um, audio books are very, very high quality production as well. The only difference is they're not voice actors. They still have sound effects and that kind of stuff, but just one voice actor. So I, I, I expected this to be, I don't know, I guess maybe my expectations were a little too, too, too high. Um, but production quality-wise, it was it was good. But the story-wise, um, again, it, what, just like John said, I had a hard time keeping it. But uh, yeah. But but since the audiobooks, some of the, I mean, my favorite, if you ask me what is my favorite of all time Star Wars stuff, it's going to be an audiobook. Um, I'm not going to say which one yet because we haven't got to it. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this was, was kind of disappointing. Well, so this- I, I feel the need, uh, honestly, to apologize to our many, many listeners that uh, I really struggled with this one. I, uh, you know, back in pre-pandemic days, you may have had a commute, and that's the obvious time when you would listen to something like this. No one has a commute anymore, so I was having to carve out time to sit and listen to this thing. And I'm just, I guess I'm just too... Um, ADD now, uh, my attention would wander off uh, pretty quickly, and then it's uh, who's talking again, and why are they fighting? <laughs> yes. And am I supposed to care who wins? So I and go little... back and read, uh, read it, listen to it again, listen to it again, listen to it again. It took forever. Yeah, the the for the format is what got me. Like, I don't know how to describe it. I actually really enjoyed the last two to three hours of the story. I thought it was really good. Um, it's just that number one, I totally agree with you. If I had a commute, this would be right up my alley again. Um, it'd have to be a few commutes being it. I think it, uh, clocked in at six hours and 15 minutes total. Uh, the, I think I actually, and, and William, you're kind of getting to this. I think, I think I actually like one person's voice, even mm-hmm. just making other voices than I do having the cast because what? there was like some, some times when I felt like it was the same person just in a different character. And I'd be like, that right. was the guy that sounded like, you know, Kai and I, I don't know I yeah I, I'm not a fan of audio dramas the um I guess what you, you both said that it was you know hard because you felt like you had to carve out a time and that's why it shocked me because I've you know I'm a big audiobook fan and I've never had that problem before um because I, I don't have a commute I work from home so um I've never had a problem just like you know sitting in a chair eating some popcorn and listening to an audiobook um, wait, 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 wait! You're literally sitting in the chair, like like you're watching a movie, but you're listening to the audiobook. That's how I do. That audiobooks. is that 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 is occupying your total attention. Yep. Wow. Um, with this okay. one, I could not do it. I mean, I, I was I was never going to finish it. The, the way I ended up finishing it was by 
basically farming in a video game while I was listening. Um, okay. Just mindless killing of things. Right. And getting loot. right. Yeah. And it would, like I said, which is what surprised me because I've never had that problem before of being able to focus on an audiobook. Um, and then only I can, it, I can't. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to figure out the difference. Why? How is this different than an audiobook? But it is definitely somehow different. So here, here's here's what I think the difference is: is that when you have an audiobook and you have one author reading, there's a sequential pause that has to happen between characters, and you don't have that in an audio drama. Mm. Like you could have multiple people people saying something at once. You can have uh, you know like 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 screams and yells and like multiple people saying. I mean, I don't know. I I I I am amazed, William, that you can actually sit there and listen to this just sitting on a couch eating popcorn. I really am. I can't. I can't Seriously, do that. I would I would be bored out of my mind. Yeah. Not with now, and I was like I said, I was not able to do that with this one. Um, but with an audiobook, right? Yeah, yeah. Because to me, it's like it, to me, it's the same as reading a book. Um, and I get into you know get very into books, but I think which I think you kind of nailed it. And maybe maybe it gets too close to being a movie. Um, that I I just can't. I'm not being sucked into the world. I feel like I'm still viewing it from the outside, but without any vision. Um, whereas an actual book, I feel like I can actually picture myself in that world. Um, which I was not able to do with this. So let's let's talk about the story. Let's talk about um, there's so number one. I really wanted to know a lot more about Doku. I like that. That was like I was excited for this, just because I feel like he's one of those under under uh, under guided or misrepresented characters in the the prequels that like you know nothing about him. Like you know nothing about. Him. He gets no screen time. He's played by an amazing actor. And and you just you don't get any character development from him at all, and that's what this was. Was this was a pretty big character development book about him. But what was interesting was it was also kind of a big character development about Asajj Ventress. Oh yes. Um, I mean, and, and Kai. I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of like a the the weird. I shouldn't say the weird. The interesting thing to me was that she is kind of like the I don't want to call her the muse, but she's the like the the navigator on the ship for this entire. Um, history of Doku, but then you also have Kai, who's like alongside her, kind of giving uh, a captain of the ship of her backstory. So it was it was neat in that there was kind of like three stories going on. Did you guys like that? Did you not like it? No, I hated it. You hated it. <clears throat> I hated it because I was having trouble keeping up with it anyway. And in a in any other uh, medium, I, I think that would be very well uh, a very good um, device to navigate the story. But here, because I was having trouble keeping up with it anyway, it was just another layer of confusion. And I don't necessarily fault the piece for that. That's that's more of a me problem. Well, if it's a you problem, I also have it because, uh, and I don't have, like I said, I don't have that in audiobooks. Um, I, I I kept losing focus. I'm like, wait a minute, who is who who's who's doing what now? And I just, and that was with me not doing anything else. So. Okay, so I, yeah. I take that back. It's not a me problem. It's a it's a them problem. <laughs> it's just it was. Strange. I liked I, it. I liked the three stories. I was gonna well, say I brought it up because I liked it. I kind of well, well I, maybe it's just because it was Asajj. Maybe it's just because it was Kai. Like maybe I was just like, oh, I kind of know who these people are. Somewhat. Right. Not not a huge. Not you know. I don't want to get into anything in the future. I know who they I are. I don't. I don't know any of these people. You don't, and that, and that's why you may be coming in at a at a at a disadvantage, not knowing these characters at all, because this is your introduction to them. Um. I know William knows a ton about them. I know a little bit about them, but there's still I know enough to make them interesting to hear their backstory. Um, yeah, I I I, I kind of like that part of the. Book. I think I thought it was neat, kind of layering it on, and me thinking going going into this thinking that it's going to be 
just about Doku and his story, but the way that they presented it was pretty good. Oh no, I was very pleasantly surprised um, um, that it followed. I mean, got heavily into uh, man, I'm have a complete brain melt here. Um, Ventress, yeah, Ventress. Yeah. I just um, without going into any in, in spoilers, you know, I think I've mentioned to you guys before that I'm addicted to gotcha games. One of the, the very first gotcha game I ever got addicted to was Star Wars. Um, what's it called? Galaxy at War, I think, something like that. I don't remember. It's a trading card game for mobile, and God, did I spend a lot of money on it. But um, she was my favorite. She was my my favorite character. I named my guild after her, and everything. I just love that character. So to, to actually get to hear some of her backstories um, was was very cool. It just unfortunately it was confusing format to me. Um, and it, I love the idea. I, I love what they were trying to do. Um, but, uh, well, there's no other way to do it to cover what they were trying to cover. This is really the only way to do that in a way that's not stupid. I mean, you can't just tell it in a linear fashion, right? That would be really boring. Yeah. Well, you got, you got, you got to have the flashback type situations. Yeah. I totally agree with that. The, the switching between, I actually had a hard time following, um, switching back and forth between Cyphus and Dooku. Um, I'm like, wait a minute, who, who's, who's this happening to? Um, I don't know if you guys experienced that or not, but that yeah, was one the, of my... the, the, the Cephodius's, uh, master lean. Um, I thought she was an interesting character. And the only way though, that I could really discern her from the other female Jedi in the story was the lady's accent, the, right. the, the, the voice actress's accent. Yeah. Like, I thought uh, it was other the same person that, for a long there, time. Yeah. There was like, there was like two other Jedi females in the story that I, I, I just really couldn't keep them separate because like, yep. I, I was like, which one is this? Yeah, so a lot of times I had to, I had I had to like even rewind it and like okay wait was that you know going on between Dooku and 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 that lady or Lena is that her name Lena um, Lean I think it was just Lean Lean, lean. or yeah. is that Cyphus um, and then for, like I said for some reason I had a hard time distinguishing between the two even though they're definitely different I think they're even different voice actors but uh, no they are yeah. Um, and, and even too, even too with Doku and Cyphodius and the other kids back whenever they were little Padawans, like before they, uh, or sorry, they were before they were even Padawans when they were younglings. Like there was a couple of scenes in the very beginning of the book or audio drama where like they'd all be talking to each other and I'd be like, wait, who, who just said that? Like I'd have yes. to really like try to figure out which one was just saying that. Like Doku kind of had a little bit of a stalwart, uh, way that he spoke or the way the voice actor portrayed him. And yeah, then, I can um, pick up on him, no problem. Yeah, but Cyphodius and some of the other guys, I was just kind of like, Which, who just said that? Like, Cyphodius was the ha-ha kind of kid, but... Yeah. But there was still, well, there was still some the, hard um, part. Who's this this Jedi uh, woman that you guys are raving about? V- Ventress? Ventress. Yeah, it Saj didn't help Ventress. that the voice actress for that, I every single time she spoke, I pictured Yzma from Emperor's New Groove, because that's her voice. Ah, I haven't seen that. Is so that actually the, the voice actress's voice? No, that's Eartha Kitt in Emperor's Oh, okay, okay, okay. But the voice was is like, oh you my god, you sounded offended that I didn't know that was Eartha Kitt. Um, actually, <laughs> I, I haven't had a chance to look this up. Um, Eric, do you know is this the the same lady does the voice of Ventress in other medium? I, I, I actually I don't know, I don't know. But let's get back to Eartha Kitt here. John was okay. like, you almost sounded mad that I didn't know it was Eartha Kitt in Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> I'm googling like crazy on the side here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. That that was her voice. I just had to look up. So so so, so, so in in the cartoons that we will soon be watching, what William's kind of referring to is there is Asajj Ventress is a pretty major character, and she has a very distinct voice artist in that in that series. And uh, I don't think that it was William. I mean, you could probably look it up, but I don't think that it was the same one. Maybe I'm wrong. 
She sounds very, very, very similar. If it is, if it isn't her, they're both very similar. I'm looking it up now. Oh man, she's been voiced by like 50 different people. Oh yeah, because you you got to remember you have the the uh, Clone Wars, yeah, yeah. Legos. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into too far with her. But she, yeah, John, John, John will John will see her again very soon. Here, here's that, here's th- here's that that wasn't the only voice that I had a problem with, by the way. Who, and to who me, else? she do you, if you say Rail Avaros, John. That is not how he sounds. No. Rail was my favorite character of this whole well, I'm thing. I'm going to tell you, good buddy. I mean, that is not how he sounded oh, in so my wait, head wait, 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 in oh, Master wait, 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 and Apprentice. No, 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 no. Cowboy. Cowboy you Jedi. Read, you nope, read nope, Master and Apprentice. Nope. I listened to part of Master and Apprentice. That is Real Avaros. That is yeah, the nope, most Real nope, Avaros. Not in my head. I'm sorry. Oh, no. man. He's like this, God. like he's like Burt Reynolds, just God, slings yeah. across All the galaxy. Going on. No, yeah. just no. Man, he's Wrong, awesome. Bad. He's like, yeah, awesome. I love that sleeping with it, people all over the universe. It's it's yeah. Ray Lavaros, <sighs> man. What are you they, talking about? I love the rail. In the Star Wars universe, every time they have that kind of accident, they're always like a rebel mechanic. Oh um, no no no! You, you so 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 William. The first one of the first books we read for the podcast was Master and Apprentice. Yeah, and uh, and and I don't know if you remember that book or not, but Rail's a pretty big part of that book. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you. That's why I loved it. I even that's why I'm oh, okay, in yeah, our yeah. Discord. Yeah, the fact that they could have a you know a good old boy be a Jedi was nice. Yeah, um, I totally, totally agree with that. <laughs> rather than yeah. a grease monkey. Yeah. And the, and I thought that the the dynamic or the the dynamic between him and Doku was really weird because I remember reading Master and Apprentice being like, Doku trained this dude. How did Doku put up with this guy? Yes. But then Doku in this story, you see Doku's just kind of like, you know, you're an outsider, man. I'm fine with that. You know, I am too. Let's just, you know, let's just get through this. And they end up becoming pretty good friends, it sounds like. I think it's because Rail is such, so easy, easy going that it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, um, that, that may be it too. Um, it was just okay. over the top for me. It was too much. It was was just, it really? Yeah. You didn't listen to the audio. I wish, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cut up. Well, apparently like a I should cut because if it's <laughs> only like that. Oh, no. <laughs> the audio book, the guy that did the Master of Prudence audio book did the voices really, really well. And I feel like he did Rail Avaros pretty Pretty spot did, on. Did he do Qui Gon as like this? He totally this, did. He totally did. Straight really? Up, yeah, straight up had the accent and everything. Oh, really your, 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 like Lucky Charms thing. Oh, the master. <laughs> no, Faith he and Bagora. Oh, okay. Oh, so you didn't like the voice acting in this. Okay. No. I mean, Qui Gon grew Qui-Gon on good. me towards yeah. the end, but at first yeah. it was like, tone it down a notch, man. Yeah, it was a little bit over the top. Yeah. All right, I got a few things I want to hit on. Just I just want to get right. some some uh, some uh, some temperature readings from you guys. Um, the way that foresight, uh, the way that we see Sifo-Dyas using or, uh, or or having foresight, yeah, um, not using it, he's being forced. Yeah, upon he's, him. he's being, it's, being, <laughs> it's being forced upon him. Um, what did you guys think of that? Was that something that was like, like I, I don't know, like I I, yeah, I don't know. What do, well, what do you guys thought? I'm gonna say that this be interesting. My take versus John's take because two different angles. Um, this is a I think you ran into when you were listening to things chronologically rather than released by because I think this is more to fill in holes and oh, I definitely. can only I can only imagine what it was like for you, John, to, to have this like what the heck. So I'm curious to hear, um, but for me it filled in a lot of gaps. So um, so I, I'm in total agreement with you, uh, William. Uh, John, the only the only mention that you've heard of Sifo-Dyas is from the the prequels, right? Uh, I had to go back. Uh, somebody mentioned that somewhere, and I had to go back and look that up. Uh, we're going to cover that shortly in episode yep. two. Yep. I yep. Episode totally two. forgot. Yep. Totally yep. forgotten that that was he was the one because it's so glossed over in episode two. And we're not going to go into that right now, mm-hmm. but it's so glossed over in episode two that I didn't remember that name. But no, that's the only exposure I w- I had. 
Yeah. And it didn't stick. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I get it. No, and, and it's so minute, like in the in the movie. I mean, it's like. Yeah. So, you know, make up a you know, whole, whole thing for him. Okay. So I, I just thought that. I, his name, I, Sifo-Dia, Sifo-Dia, I thought, I thought it was really weird where Lean and Sifo-Dia's relationship, uh, where he would just, I mean, she pretty much took care of him like a caretaker. It sounds like at least from, from the time of, um, the back to thing on, she literally like not just was his master Padawan. It was, he took, she took care of him when they traveled the galaxy just to keep him out of the clutches of the evil Jedi. The Jedi, yes, the very evil Jedi. Yeah, and 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 I'm sitting there like, oh, okay, come on, they're you know they're going to use his foresight. They're going to, and then of course Yoda's staunchly against it. You know, the whole Jedi Council is like, no, 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 we don't need to use this, and they barely know that Sifo Dyas can do it. And you know, Yoda saw that one thing where they went to the back to planet and they you know save the people, and so he knows it's there. But toward the end of the book, Lean's talking about like, like they're going to ship him off to like some like. Uh, it was like a, what was citadel? it? it was a, yeah, the Citadel. Like they had a special place, the Citadel for Foresight Bears. That they kept them yeah. locked up and stuff. And I'm like, come yeah. on, man. I mean, you're like, you're wow. Well, this is this is leading into something that I think William wants to cover. Well, the the actual story part, um, which is, if you know, story wise, I think it, I mean, if I think any time a story you know brings out strong emotions, it does a, at least a decent job there. The very beginning of this book, I mean, I and from other media as well, but this one I think drives it home and it certainly helps explain like with Anakin. Um, but, uh, Jedi are not good people. Um, the kind of stuff they do, it should be of no surprise, um, that there's things like this happen. Um, you, you, you can't do that. Um, basically, you know, coming like thief in the night and stealing children away, um, and then forcing them to never, ever, you know, talk about them or see them again. Um, that's just a, open door for the dark side well i'll 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 admit that it sounds monstrous but given the existence of the force and the powers that a person can wield using the force dark side lights or whatever what are you supposed to do i mean if you just wouldn't it be chaos and devastation unless someone imposes order well you i don't not against opposing order but forcing them to ignore their family um that's I mean, think about that's that. like an ongoing theme here, even here, right? It's yeah. it's family attachments or emotional attachments, if you want to be more broad, is what leads to the problems. Yep. Well, yeah, all the problems, right? And the yep. emperor being the biggest example. So, yes, you you have to sever those ties in order to create a sort of a force zombie. You know, I don't know. It did sit well with me. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't know I, if it can. It, given it the setup. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't think that it can, given the setup. But you definitely understand a better... You definitely have a better understanding of why they were so hesitant to take Anakin and older kids yes. after the time has come. That like, cause, I mean, so, okay, so we got we to gotta talk about Doku and Gora, or Count Gora, or whatever his name was. This dude was so pissed at the Sith from generations before him that once he saw that his kid was Force-sensitive, he literally laid the baby out in the woods... And then told the Jedi, hey, come get him if you want him. Yep. Like, that's that's some harsh stuff, too, though. I mean, that's like, you know, it goes both ways, I think. It's, it's almost like a, like, we think of people that, like, are Force-sensitive as, oh, this is the best thing in the world. Like, or not the best thing in the world, but this person's going to go become a Jedi, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it sounds like there's some planets like Serrano that, no, man, you, we, don't, we don't want that here. You know what I mean? You guys we know don't. the Twilight, uh, Twilight Zone, the movie from the 80s? Oh, yeah. Okay, you remember that segment with the little kid who could do anything? Oh yeah, I will never go to check that. Yeah, that that was 
freaking terrifying. So his whole family's living in terror of him. He can he can like take their mouths away and stuff. That's basically the setup that you have with with the force. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen Everybody that, but... looks at everybody thinks, you know, if my kid had the force, well, parents think this. If my kid had the force, right, it'd be cool and they could like fetch me beer from the fridge without having to get up. But it's more there's more to it than that. Yeah. I agree with that. It's, well, that, that's the they're boy. gonna I mean, they're gonna choke me when they're angry. Yeah, that's the boys <laughs> set up, isn't it? I mean, that's like kind of yeah. The, the boy, that's what I was thinking of as yeah, well. Yeah, we won't get into the you know that show's gonna want to spoil it for anyone, but but yeah, that's kind of the the gist of it is like, oh man, are we sure we want this? And that amount of power, you have no choice but to have. You make some really tough decisions. Let's say. Yeah. So the the bigger problem may be that the the, the Jedi screwed up in ever letting him have contact again with his family. Um, well, which, was to, to be fair though, they didn't. They didn't know. Yeah, they. So remember, he bumps into his sister like, like Jenza at like during the light, like before the lightsaber competition when they happened to be on Sereno. So like, so it, it was a little confusing too. Is like, how does he know that he's from that planet? Like, because because remember, he goes back and he's like, yeah, this is where I was born, but he doesn't know anything about his family. He happens to see Jenza in the crowd and all that kind of stuff, and he's like, oh, and then they start talking and then they have that huge little like skirmish with the two shark guy and the other guy um so it's kind of like a like yeah i don't know because because it so for people that are listening that basically um there's like a little like a rebel rousal and uh they defeat they jinza and uh, ramil and doku doku being the main one defeats these two guys that are trying to steal something from them or just basic thieving Right. So basically, uh, they take Doku down into this like castle, like it, it's their family's castle basically, and he touches the side of a po- like a post or a podium or something like that or a pole, and he feels this just uber presence, this dark dark presence, and he ends up tearing the place up. I mean, he literally collapses like I think that one big room if I remember right, and Yoda has to rush in there, and then it's not Lean, it's the other uh, female Jedi. Uh, they have to hold the stuff up while they remove the kids and all this other kind of stuff. And then, of course, you know, Count Gora comes down and is like, what is the meaning of this, Yoda? What are you doing here, Yoda? And Yoda's like, oh, I didn't think I'd see you again. And um, and then that's when he realizes that, you know, his son, effectively, is uh, the one that kind of started all this. And I, I don't know if it's Count Gora at that point knows that the uh, Terataka is, you know, if he's feeling the Terrataka or if the Terrataka is speaking out to him, but he just wants him off the planet. He's like, yo, go right. get out of here. Get. <clears throat> Actually, it makes me wonder, because, you know, it's mentioned in towards Anakin and definitely mentioned again, you know, Luke about um, much too old, that they're much too old to be trained. I wonder if this is kind of what sets precedence for it, because I once totally reach, that. Yeah, once you reach a certain age, you can't remove the family from them. But see, that's the thing, though, is, is, is you got to remember Doku was laid out as a baby, though. Like he, all he knows is that this planet is his is is the planet that he was from. That's all he knows. And he, knows it, he, he feels through the force, I guess, because he's yeah. so yeah, adept it, at it. It's going to be through the force. It's always going to be through yeah. The force. It, it, he feels yeah. that this person is somebody that he should know or knows or whatever, and it ends up being a sister. Yeah, um, right. And then of course, and that that puts the, the line to no matter part. which, no matter what precautions you take to try and erase them or sever the ties between them and their family or planet or people. Right, there's always going to be the 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 feelings through the force. So it's, that, it's a fool's errand. Well, and and that can bring out you know a lot of anger. You know, I, you see with like with stepchildren, 
you know, can go one of two ways. There's either stepchildren either accept their step parents as their parents, um, like my mom did, and uh, or you've got kids that just will never accept it, no matter how good their step parents were, um, and have to go seek out their real parents, even though, you know, that that's not their parents. The parents are the ones who raised them. Um, so I think it's the same way that different people can handle that differently. They could be very, you know, like Doku should be grateful to um, the Jedi because they you know, saved him, but at the same time, um, he's resentful because they took him away from his sister, which he obviously has a very strong bond to. Um, so it yeah, can... I think it, I think it all comes down to the relationship with the sister for the whole book. I mean, that, that's yeah. like that's the that's by far the biggest bind that ties. Ramil, he hates. I mean, you can see it. You know, even toward the end of the book, he hates his older brother or older younger. I forget which older or younger brother. But um, and then you, of course you see total resentment for the dad. Yeah. Uh, but it's just interesting because his family was the highest ranking family on this entire planet and and it's you know it's got a pull at him that he's kind of like you know what i have this family back here i have a backup plan really if i don't like this jedi thing you know i can go you know run the family businesses or at least hopefully be part of it you know once dad goes so i you know it's it's an interesting dynamic and i'm really glad that they touched on it in the story because i like the fact that it shows not only did he just throw down his lightsaber and leave the jedi order because he was pissed he had a reason he had something he could go do and he could go help and that was that was an interesting dynamic to me. And Jenza wrecked everything. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and did she? Did well, she? Think about it. She caused three different characters. Three the three main people. All of them had their turning points because of her. Um, and all three of them went bad. I mean, as far as they made morally uh, unacceptable choices um, because of her actions. Like her, you know, the one brother never felt like he was good enough. And the other brother felt like he always had to come to his rescue. And, of course, Ventress just got caught in the middle. Um, but, yeah, she she was the focal point for all three of them. Um, that was – I got to the very very end. I was like, well, that's an interesting dynamic. I never even thought about that because, you know, the, uh, the one – I don't know if it's going too far too fast. But, you know, the whole, the whole thing that Dooku was trying to stop the brother from killing her um, – and, you know, so let, a, let's let's touch on that. I don't think you're going yeah. too, too fast because we're, we're a spoilerful podcast and there's going to be tons of spoilers. Yeah. I have a question for both of you. What do you think was the final straw in Doku turning to the dark side? Do you think it was when he killed Ramil? Do you think it was when he killed the Terataka? Or do you think it was when he killed Jinza? Well, the final straw, I think, is when he killed Jinza. I think well, that he Yeah, was, it's oh, meant to be the final straw. Yeah. I, I, I didn't is really... It? I thought I kept symbolically for... it was the Terataka. Mm. I thought that was him. That was because he, because you sit there and you say he this leave this beast alone. When leans down there in the in the underworld before it you know erupts into the you know the, the whole planet and everything, like she's down there and he's like this is like a pet. This is like something. This is a beast that we can control. We can do the whole two bodies one mind thing and and we can you know save this beautiful beast. And then literally ten minutes later after he kills Ramil, he's like diving with like a lightsaber right into this thing's gut or the skull and killing it. Yeah, that was actually very confusing for me. Yeah, it yeah. was. No, that's and that's exactly my point. It's just like I feel like after he kills Ramil, he feels so much hate. He's like, I don't care about this animal anymore. This beautiful beast that somehow I am the only person that it seeks out. I am the only person that on two occasions it's come and let me know that I belong on this planet, and I'm going to slam my lightsaber through its skull. Nah, uh, it's see, meant to, it's meant to be turning on his sister. Well, yeah, I, I think he was trying to save his sister. That and also I think you know remember he kept apologizing to the creature. I think he realized he had to put it out of his misery. That's the way I took that. 
Um, I didn't think he had completely turned yet. I think the door had been open for sure. But I, based on how much he kept apologizing to the creature and saying that was never his intent, I think I thought he was putting it out of his misery um, and trying to save his sister. Um, maybe I'm, you know that's just my take. Um, but the, the, the is it it's rail is it rail or yeah rail right? Um, rail Avros, the Jedi. Yeah. Rail, 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 badass partner. But uh, he, you man, know, he's he kept, so good. I don't know why you yeah. guys are making fun of him. He's like one of my favorite. No, Jedi I, I, I like it. Yes, I love that voice. Mm-hmm. I was telling telling my wife about it. But um, <laughs> the uh, what he said, you know, the um, I, I wish I could remember how to say your first name, Ventress. Anyway, um, about you still there's still a tw- chance of redemption until this is done. I think that meant both of them. Uh, I took that to mean both of them. Um, that they both still had a chance. Oh and, wait, are you are you thinking of Kai? Yeah, yes, Kai. Sorry. Yeah, not, Kai. Yeah, okay, not, okay. Kai, yeah, yeah. Kai, I was about to say, Kai. not real ever. You're, you're thinking yeah, of Kai. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and for those that are just listening to the spoiling podcast and not worrying about reading this book at any point, Kai is a Jedi that uh, he he left the Order. He's one of the Lost Twenty or whatever you call him. He left the Order, but ended up, and I, I don't remember exactly how he, but he came across Asajj Ventress, and he decided to train her outside of the Order, and that's how she developed a lot of her. Um, for skills and all this other stuff, but he was not a Jedi at that time. It was oh, kind of okay. like the, it was kind of like they were two rebels, you know, like just kind of like beating the system. But she needed a teacher, and so he started to teach her, and then um, he ends up dying, and uh, and and she communicates with him. I mean, throughout this whole thing, which I don't think that was any type of like like weird mental thing in her head. I think it really was like a blue glowy type situation. Do you guys feel like I that? did? I did not have a clear answer on that one. Okay. Well, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was never or, answered. Right. No, it wasn't. Um, and I think that's probably what adds to the, to the mystique of Ventress. Um, is she a crazy person? And obviously she is, but is that part, is that part of it? Um, but it also, the voices stop when she makes that choice. Exactly. I do love that, by the way. Exactly. You know, that she has the mystique of, is she a crazy person? Well, I mean, obviously she is. <laughs> yeah, even without the voices, I'd venture to say that she's probably a bit crazy, but oh, yes, yeah. I agree with you, yeah. But I mean, I, I just think of, you think about the turning point for so many people to the dark side. Um, I mean, even going to the movies, like the even the more recent ones, that they have to always fulfill some sort of final act um, to, to end the voices. And that, that consciousness, that... Um, the Jiminy Cricket, if you the will. Draw. Yeah, yeah. The draw of the dark side. I agree with that. Conscience. Conscience. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was hers. So I, but I, yeah. I wondered if, and maybe, and maybe, um, Dooku had already gone through that. And, uh, but I don't think he had, I, I really don't think he had, I don't, I, I think by the time he kills Jinza, he totally has, of course. Okay. Um, but, but that was years later. So, I mean, so it, so if, if the dates are right that I think are going on here, he was 90 BBY uh, whenever he got taken away to the Jedi. And then the story picks up, or the main part of the story where Asajj is, just the part where Asajj is actually hunting down Jinza or finding Jinza is 25 BBY. Yeah, and you, and you, so, he, so he's already turned a while yeah. back. Like he's he's pretty ruthless at this point. And we know that, that he's already been talking to um, Palpatine. Um, yeah. You mentioned the cloak figure. Our, um, the man in the cloak. You need to stop yeah. listening to the man in the cloak. I just had this vision of like some like like crazy like naked guy that runs around in a cloak, <laughs> and they're just chatting, having like a cigarette or something around like a campfire or something. Is that you on like, Sunday? You, to, you really got to stop talking <laughs> to that man in the cloak. He's kind of weird, man. Um, but yeah, the the uh, um, 
the, basically, you know, the same kind of thing with Anakin, and as far as the the very thing that caused him to rebel against the Order is what you know actually ends up bringing him further to the dark side. Um, you know, th- this whole thing was about protecting his sister, and that, and then in the very end, you know, turns against her. And uh, same thing, I think you could say with Anakin, he stopped trusting. Um, well, I'm skipping ahead because we don't know that yet. But uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying we'll that seems to be a that theme. We'll cover that after episode two, Wade. Yeah, we seem to. That seems to be a theme. Is that Agreed. the thing that the thing Agreed. that pushes them away um, is also what draws them in. It's like almost like a hypocritical thing. And it's also um, always family, like bloodline family. Yes. Yeah, that's. I think that's the whole point of the whole. Like that's what I got out of this book, at least, was that the bloodline family is still going to overpower any teachings by anybody. I mean, but in more general terms, it's not family per se, right? It's it's emotional attachment. It's right. blood. It's the force. Well, wait, no, no. The, to get to that point, though, they have to know that they have the family. Whereas Anakin already knew, you know, of course he knew he had his mom, of course. I don't, th- I don't think you have to know that you have that family. Through the force, all things are possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Play, playing the wild card, yes. I agree with you, John. I'll draw four. Uh, uh, but but agreed. I, I, we I have still... examples of of people uh, of characters divining uh, familial attachments using nothing but the force. Right. I, I I don't remember what you're talking about. What are you talking about? You really don't remember? No. What, what okay, the one about? the one that occurs to me is uh, Vader talking to Luke. Oh, know, baby, okay, okay. Baby's okay. sister. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sister. Okay, fair, fair enough, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, sister. Oh, it's right there in my head. Oh, yeah. man. I can hear that. I thought yeah. I thought you were talking about something that we had already read previous. That's where I was trying to nope. think back. Uh, and I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, and in and, and, and John's fairness, and in fairness to John, even though he doesn't know this, yeah, it's, it's referenced. <laughs> he doesn't it's, know this yet. It's, it's referenced to another John thing. Said, even yeah. though he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong. To this freaking moron who doesn't know a damn thing. <laughs> He is uh his perception skill uh he just rolled a critical, um critical because yeah it is referenced in other books and stuff. Yeah, I, I yeah I had the impression I mean that's the one example I think of but but I was pretty sure that was established like that that's a thing. The force can do really really cool stuff. It can do whatever's needed. It can do whatever it wants. Yep. So let's get back to, because um, I actually did make a note. Uh, I don't know what the scene was. I should have written this down. But uh, about halfway through the audio drama, I wrote down, still don't get the idea of balance. So there was a really weird line in the audio drama that it, it deals exactly with that. It's whenever they're doing the ritual of three. So after uh, Doku, Sifudius, and Lean have gone through this weird cave-like thing, where they're about to get sacrificed to somebody. Um, they go through this darkness, like this uber darkness ritual. And they hear voices. They have all these different dark feelings. And when they come out of it, Lean is like super scared that they're going to get to the dark side. So she teaches them to do the ritual of three, which is like this like chant thing. And also to wear this band around their arms. And it's really weird to me because she's like, and the three things that have to be in balance. She's like light, dark, and balance. And I'm like, wait, what? And I, I literally like backed it up a couple times. Cause I was like, wait, what are the three things that they're praying to? Light, uh, dark, and balance. And balance. Okay. And I was like, well, I don't understand why there's I three think I here. I remember that. Yeah. 
It, it, well, it, and then she talks about wrapping the arm thing around, and that's that's interesting because that is a good flashback to the movies where Doku has the thing wrapped around his arm. And then also, if you notice, um, in the newer movies, uh, people have things wrapped around their arms, and I won't get into that because we don't want to you know, spoil. So it, it's it's very interesting that 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 was touched on, I guess. But the really weird thing was the balance part. Like I was like, I get the light, I get the dark, but they look at the balance as a third entity almost. Well, I think that's I think. To me, that means that there's this automatic assumption on the Jedi's side that anything that isn't light is evil, which is funny because they yeah. are they are yeah. the ones that talk about absolutes. Yep. But Doku is yeah, not a bad guy. Doku is definitely not a bad. That's guy. That's a great point. That's a great point, William. That is. That's uh, a good point. And there's several people like that. Um, they're not evil in themselves. Now, there's no doubt that the Emperor is evil. Um, but think about it. It's like they have no choice. They have no. The people who aren't with the Jedi have no other place to go. So it's very easy for the Sith to take them in. Um, it's yeah, it's it, it creates an the Jedi have created an impossible situation um, for people who may be of balance. Yeah, force um, sensitive. No, I agree and, with that. Yeah. That's that's a great point. That is that's a really good point. And yeah. it also that makes sense because they touch on the lost twenty in this thing. Where they're like, and, who's that Jedi? That's the lost blah blah blah. The lost blah blah blah. Where they really aren't lost. They kind of know what they want. They're the balance part of it, you know. Well, and it also makes more sense. This one, I'm feeling this one. We've seen Phantom Menace. Um, Qui-Gon's already having this problem um, in Phantom Menace about balance, about how important that balance has been lost to the Jedi. And think of now, you know, who his teacher is, who also felt that way. Um, oh, that's, he, the, that, that's the Master and Apprentice book in a nutshell, William. That oh, is, is it? A, okay. Yeah, you need to read that book. You really do. It's, it's, a okay. real, it's, it's very well written. And uh, I would say it's probably more about Qui-Gon Jinn than it is about Obi-Wan. But it's more about Qui-Gon Jinn and how he's like this kind of... He's still in the Jedi Order, but he's very rebellious. It's a very Doku-esque thing, but it's like Doku... It's like a, it's like a bargain basement Doku. Like, he, he's he's against it, but he's not, like, going to leave the Order. Yes, yeah. Um, well, and then he pretty much decides to take on Anakin by himself, so, you know... Yeah, yeah, and that, that's... Yeah, it, yeah, almost in direct contrast to everybody on the council, you know, like, saying I, no. He's I don't like, care. I don't do care what you're doing. I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay, so I want to bring up a couple of other things uh, in the book that I thought was really interesting. Um, and, and William, you're allowed to answer this question because you've read way more than we have or, or know way more than we have about this. Are the Seekers a thing or is that something that came out of this book? The the, seek, the Seekers are the class of Jedi that, that, I don't want to say hunt down Force-sensitive children, but they go find Force-sensitive children and that's all they do. They just fly around the galaxy literally looking for Force-sensitive kids and bringing I... them back to the Jedi. I had not I, heard that before. I have not. If I have, I don't remember it. Now, I do remember it on the other side. Um, I mean, Vader has a whole team of them. Um, yeah, agreed. For, yes, for, yeah. for later on. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> but for the Jedi, this sounded like a class of Jedi. Yeah, and, that, that I was not familiar with. I'm like, that's why it actually confused me. I'm like, wait, what? And, um, and the, the interesting setup for it, though, in this, in this audio book is that there's one of the one of the seekers that's uh, been with the temple for thirty years or something like that. That, that goes and finds these force sensitive kids, comes home with a force sensitive kid, and it ends up being uh, her kid, her child. Right. And she doesn't yeah. tell anybody for like thirty years, and she gets blackmailed. And there's a whole little. It's a pretty good little mini story, I think, in the in the audio book about it. And yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Now, speaking as someone who who doesn't know all the things that you guys know. The uh, the seeker class of Jedi it made perfect sense, like of course there is. Yeah, 
Yeah, you, somebody, somebody's got to do the work. I agree. Yeah, somebody's got to find these kids no. before they turn into weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> but only by the age of one, because if it's after one, they're done. They're gone. They're going to the asylum. Yeah, we covered this, I think, in a previous podcast. It's like, so yeah, you run across have. a kid like who's five years old, let's say, and he's showing promise in, in the force. Apparently, he's too old to train. What do you do? <laughs> no, I don't think we talked about killing kids on this podcast before, John. We, we have. I think oh, we have. Yes, we have. have we? Well, they cover no, I, don't, the... I, don't, I don't think they terminate them. I don't think there's any oh, They should. They, no, by the rules stop. of the game, they should terminate them. We did them talk about this because I remember this was the X-Men conversation. No, the podcast we're... does talk about it. They are not the podcast. Sorry, the podcast. We're the podcast. We're the, the audiobook. The, the audiobook. <laughs> the audio, yeah, the audiobook does talk about it. They basically have that place um, that's well, not no, a prison. So, so, yeah, but that that was for that was for the people that had foresight though, and those okay, were the I, people that those were the people that they they like knew yeah, were going to go crazy. I'm saying crazy. you're a seeker out there in the outer rim, okay? And you come yeah. across this kid, you, you hear stories, and you come across this kid, totally. and and he's you know not not yet ten years old or whatever, and yeah. he can do really amazing things like talk to snakes, right? Isn't that cool? <laughs> what, what are you going to do with him? <laughs> I, I okay. thought. So we're, we're either talking we're either talking about really southern religion or Harry Potter. I haven't determined which. But when the kids <laughs> I was going talk, for the Voldemort. I was going for the, the Voldemort. Okay, okay. I couldn't tell really which the one you're snake going. handling. Okay, <laughs> I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't know where I'm you're like, headed wait, with this. One. I was like, when did the Pentecostals introduce this? <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. We are getting way far. He can this. literally talk to snakes, people. But I agree. I agree. With you. Yes, this kid can literally talk to snakes, and, and of course you're going to hear about it because you land on a planet and everybody's heard of this one kid that's crazy or whatever, or not crazy, but that can do all these cool things. I don't think that there is any part of the Jedi Order that assassinates children that are well past the age of going to the temple to learn. So they just they just walk away. I think that that person will end up imploding themselves or other people, and it is what it is. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting question. Hey, if I could get a spinoff series from Disney Plus on that, I'd love it. <laughs> Because I'd be like, what's I'd be like, what's gonna happen to this kid? Is he just gonna like melt everyone, or is it gonna be like a like what is I he can, gonna yeah, do? Yeah, I can see that now. Star Wars, Galactic Abortion Squad. That that's no, that's really. No. I wasn't going. I wasn't going that far. I was just saying like like this kid doesn't get his skittles at the grocery store one day. Is he just gonna like blow everyone? I'm like, what do you do? Like, yeah, no, I I don't know. I don't think that the, that's that's an interesting part of of uh, Jedi lore that I've not heard about, uh. <laughs> and for good reason. The secret Jedi assassins that uh, that uh, go around the galaxy and terminate seven year olds because they can't bring them home. I think, oh, I think that's man. why. Uh, that's why. Uh, oh, just why Samuel Jackson's character. Why? Why can't I remember his name? Um, Mace, Mace Windu. Windu. Mace, Mace Windu. Windu. If he was in charge, then yes. Um, Yoda probably has more trouble killing children. I've had it with these motherfucking children. <laughs> fucking force jokes. <laughs> Talking to snakes. All right, so, I'm never gonna live that down. Now you're not. That's good. That's good. I really was, I was like, I was like, like, I was like, man, where are we going? All right. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, so this is this is more for and because you don't read comics that much, William. So no, so I, I need to read. I need to read the. Comics. I want you guys to remember the Bogan collection, which is the collection uh, that is in the internals of the library, the Jedi Library. Uh, that they remember how uh, Sifo did. No, it was uh, Doku. Moves the sand, and they do the un- they unlock the the door to get into the room, right? And they go down there, and there's all these different artifacts, and they talk about specific artifacts in the audio drama, specific ones, um, and they're like, "Oh, that's blah blah blah, that's blah blah blah," and then they get busted, you know, and then he blows up the room or whatever. But that's coming into play later on. 
They could say there would be another Disney spinoff. Just do a Warehouse 13 of Star Wars. Let's go around. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just here's an artifact for this week. Let's talk about it. Well, you yeah. probably could. I would so, totally watch that series because I, I mean it is a lot of what I thought Star Wars was kind of about up until modern times. Well, yeah, yeah, I think I agree. everybody did, and then it got weird. They're gonna remake it. It's gonna be remade. Well, Friday Thirteenth the series was like, even though I, I hated Friday Thirteenth the movie, and anybody's ever never seen the series, just know that it has nothing to do with the movie. Um, but it's literally about going in and collecting relics. Um, it's very Call of Cthulhu like. Um, but basically, these relics just show up, and weird crap starts happening because those relics have power. Um, yeah. Did you, ever, you guys ever watch that? No, nope. I never it, watched it, but I, I did happen to read the original Call of Cthulhu about six months ago during the pandemic. Okay. And I never realized how good that was. Like oh I, I just, I, like, like, I, like, I thought it was good. You know, I thought, oh, it's a cool, like, kind of like fandom and like that kind of stuff. And it's cool. You know, I've seen some of the like the the um, the RPG elements of it, but I never really actually sat down and read it. Man, that is a good story. Yeah, so Friday Thirteenth is very similar to that, um, and same thing as Warehouse Thirteen. But anyway, like like you said, that to me, I think that was a, a good opening that they've been collecting these evil relics right there. Um, in the in Jedi in the Jedi Council, I guess. Oh, just wait, guys. Oh, just wait. So, speaking of Friday the Thirteenth and um, masks, I was really annoyed when they covered the blast visor training. Maybe else. You mean where they're running? I mean, sorry, where they're fighting? They the use dueling? blast visors. Yeah, the duel. Yeah. Yeah, as the duel. part of the standard Jedi yeah, training. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's wrong. That is so annoying. What do you expect? Let me take though, you back geez. to a little okay. ship called the Millennium Falcon. You may have heard of it. It did the Kessel Run in like less than 12 parsecs. Yeah, something. So they're on the ship. Obi-Wan now has this new Padawan, Luke Skywalker. And he's trying to show Luke something cool about the Force. And he, he kind of notices over in the corner a blast visor a helmet with a blast visor down right mm-hmm. so he grabs it and he's like oh this will work and he puts it on and they use that as a training tool it was spontaneous it was it was in uh, the moment it loses the magic it totally kills all the freaking magic that no that was just a total thing and and okay so he happened to have a helmet when they happen to have a blast visor down and yeah, he's using that because because that's yeah. that's what you do when you're a jedi in your training i get your disdain i get it wrong <laughs> I feel humored at this point. I could I could defend it, but I'm not going to. Good. I could. <laughs> I could defend it. Now let's talk about lightsaber duels and how wrong they are. Uh, you mean from the from the point of testing kids so that you can take them on as Padawans? Uh, yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And you it's really have to be how extremely you, okay. skilled not to seriously hurt yourself yeah. or someone that's, else. That's exactly what I thought whenever we were listening to the, or whenever I was listening to the podcast. I was sitting there like, so wait, it's got to be harder to fight somebody. It's, it's got to be harder to duel somebody than it has to be, uh, to practice duel somebody than it has to be yes. to actually fight them. Then I mean, actually fight they, them, yes. Yeah, like how does this not nick somebody? Like you're going to yes. lose a limb every single practice. Well, I think it also... <laughs> To me, it goes into the face of that it's it's overemphasizing lightsaber duels um, versus other force powers, um, which you know Yoda's talked about that himself. I think even Phantom Menace maybe he hasn't got to do it yet, but um, that that's like 
I don't know. It's just like a very small thing. Um, maybe it was Qui-Gon that talked about that. that... No, that was Yoda. Talk- or no, that was Dooku talking about it in episode two, which we haven't gotten to yet, where they, they face off with their force powers. And Dooku says, so we're equally matched in powers of the force. Let's use our lightsabers. And that's what, that's when they go into the lightsaber dueling. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think just putting too much emphasis on lightsaber duels as like showing some sort of strength. But we know that Qui-Gon was not very good with lightsaber. Um, but yet it was one of the most powerful Jedi to ever live. Um, which is why he had to be snuffed. Wait, 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 wait. He was decent with a lightsaber. Like, like decent. No, he he went, was, yeah. And he went up it, against a guy who was totally kick ass with a lightsaber. Yeah. Doku, yeah. Think Doku, gonna go. Doku taught him and rail and, uh, Kai. Well, like, I think, that, yeah. I think that was one of the big things with, with, with all three of those guys being Padawans under Doku is Doku was like, I learned under Yoda and we're going to, we're going to really learn this. At well, least but, the lightsaber part of it. But even, you know, Qui-Gon always mentioned that, you know, that he was never as good as Mace Windu or even Obi-Wan um, at, at dueling. But he was, I think, far more powerful force-wise than either of them. I mean, he's the one that figures out how to, you know, ghost form, I guess, um, to not spoil the future. But anyway, um, the um, yeah, I would say that he's far more powerful the force, but not as good at lightsabers as, you know, Anakin and um, Obi Wan. Yeah, Qui Gon's seen some shit. Me and John talked yeah. about it on a previous podcast where we read some of the comics where he has some really like uh, weird tree vision dreams and all, all sorts of stuff. I, I agree with you, Dan. He's trippy. trippy, dude. Yeah, I like Qui Gon. He's a good man. He's just like whatever, dude. Let's yes. go. Well, it was, um, it was, it was, no, that, I, actually, I'll save that for episode three. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> so, hmm. so I'm looking. I'm looking over my notes, and honestly. The only other thing that I really wanted to talk about was that Ritual of Three armband thing, but we already kind of covered it because I thought that was a really interesting tie-in to um, a lot of different characters throughout the Star Wars universe. Because, like, if you're wearing the armband thing to protect you, does that mean you've encountered something and you know you've encountered something and you know how to how to, mm-hmm. to rid yourself of it? You know what I mean? Like, that was a really big, broad stroke that I think was done in this audiobook. Do you, do you guys agree with that? No? Yes? I do because I know things. Um, yeah, no, no, and I, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm not saying it as if I know things. I'm just thinking back to the characters that I've seen that wear like an armband like that. Yeah, well, definitely, it's going to cause me to relook at things. I, yeah, I never, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I I did not pick up on that at all. Yeah, so, so it was it, oh, so Doku, Doku. You see Doku with the red armband, and then Ray's got one. There's lots of people in the Star Wars universe that wear uh, an armband like that. Yeah, and whether it's by subconscious or conscious or whatever. Um, well, each of those people have touched the dark side of the force somewhat, so it's kind of like a interesting thing. Like a, that's a pretty big, broad stroke across the entire. Who would Star not Wars have touched universe. the dark side in some fashion? Sure. Yes. I. Yeah. Agreed. But to know that you've touched it enough to need to wear an armband. Tell me again what the armband does. Yeah, that was kind of weird to me in the book. I, I actually thought it was some sort of like pain I mean, device. At one does point. it have like copper no. woven into so, it so, so it's <laughs> magnetic? <laughs> Is Brett Favre telling you to wear <laughs> an armband? Yeah. So no. So there's a point which I described earlier where Lean, uh, Sifo-Dyas, and uh, Doku get sucked into the. They're already on this dark, dark planet, uh, scouting out something that that Lean says she wants to go see, and they get sucked underneath to some blood ritual, where the total darkest of dark characters is going to 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 send them off to some uh, some 
I don't, I don't know. They, they, they end up seeing all these visions of dark things that happen in the future. And if you remember back, a lot of the visions are what happened in the Clone Wars. Like, they talk about specific instances that you'll see later in the Clone Wars. Which but, I um, would not know, but yeah, sure. <clears throat> no, I, I'm talking about stuff that you would see, like, in Episode 2 and Episode 3. Like, like the, the big, broad stuff. But anyways, they uh, so they start talking about it, and uh, whenever they come out of this whole thing, uh, sifo is in one of his trippy modes where he's seeing stuff... Uh, happening in the future and they're like we got to get him back to the ship get him back to the ship they get him back to the ship and then lean is like look this is what we've got to do it's a cleansing ritual because we've been touched and tainted so much by the dark side they repeat that mantra the ritual three mantra which is like the light side the dark side the balance and all that kind of stuff and then they tie an armband to their arms in a certain place and and lean is like this will protect you but you've got to keep it underneath your clothing um at all times or what have you and that's the same armband that doku rips off Whenever he lands on his home planet um, with Jinza, or to save Jinza at the very end of the novel, when everything's gone awry and they're they're getting beat back, they've been invaded and all that kind of stuff. There's somebody that's bleeding. I don't remember whether it's a big character, or whether it's Jinza, or somebody's bleeding, and they're like, "We need an we need an, an armband or whatever. We need something to tie a tourniquet or something like that." And he rips off his armband and he hands it to him. And um, it's, I think it's supposed to be like symbolic. Oh wow! Yeah, I think spot you're right. In the story where it's like, I, "Oh, he just took off his armband. He's going to get you know tainted now." I didn't even so, think about that. piece of cloth tied in a certain spot around your arm. Well, no. So this does not went, sound no, very scientific. Just, just listen to me. Okay, what? Did you, just, did you really just say that? <laughs> this does not sound <laughs> Eartha Kit-like to me. All You're right, so, so basically, they, they, they infuse this armband in that ritual. Like, they hold them up, and they, like, I don't know. It was, it's in the audiobook. They, like, hold them up, and they, like, they have to have their palm up into the sky when they repeat these words or whatever, the ritual of three. And then they take the armband and wrap it around their arm. And I do remember, and well, well, we will see in episodes two and three if you see an armband at any point. All right, from now on, we'll look for armbands. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. But I, I do have one one thing I wanted to ask. I, I wanted to bring up when we covered Phantom Menace, but um, I, I, I thought it may be too spoilery. But now this book's already brought it up, or this audio, whatever this is. Um, it's a book. It, Just say book. It's right. it's a book. It brought it up. Um, so in Phantom Menace, um. I, I, I said I wanted to ask it back then. I, I feel like um, Qui Gon was targeted; that he was the target, not Anakin. That um, and this book kind of leads me to it because of Qui Gon's involvement with Doku, Dooku. If he was actually helping, you know, the Emperor, and he knew about Qui Gon's abilities, could that have been why he was? If he, if my theory was correct, that he was actually he was the target, not Anakin. Um, that when, you, when you say the target, you mean the target of the whole invasion of Naboo? No, no, the target of um, Maul. Oh, that, interesting. Maul has, Maul has a choice so about Anakin. You, oh, that's an interesting theory. So you're saying that you think that Maul was not sent down there necessarily to have anything to do with Anakin. You think that he was actually there to kill Qui-Gon Jinn. I do think that, yes. That's interesting. And I didn't bring it up then because I, I didn't think I had information. Right, right, right. Um, or at least John hadn't seen it. But now that you know about this that, that order and that Qui-Gon is familiar with all this stuff, especially being, you know, foretelling of the future, because um, he'd spent time, I guess, I'm learning about that stuff, I guess, with Cypher. William, you need to read Master and Apprentice. It's, okay. That's, yeah. It's, okay. You're, you're, everything you're saying is literally lining up with Master and Apprentice. Is that a, is that a book? Yeah, Claudia Gray. Really good. Okay, okay. Oh, she's the one that wrote the trilogy, didn't she? Um, the Aftermath trilogy. Yeah, you'll you'll just I promise you, like like he has foresight and there yeah, it's it's, it's lining up exactly yeah. with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um 
Yeah, that's that. That I mean, because there were so many times like I just you know obviously we rewatched it. Chan and I watched it again not too long ago, and she even pointed out my wife that uh, why does he not go after Anakin? He doesn't. He stops and takes on Qui Gon. Um, so I, I I think and this I think we'll get even more evidence as we go on. I haven't watched the you know newest season of Clone Wars. Um, and don't remember most of the old, so it'll be kind of new to me. But I, I definitely think there's more to that because um, you see the you know the power that Qui Gon ends up having, the impact, and he would have been the one who would have raised Anakin. So but, by... but but also though, Doku technically isn't in or is he in Palpatine's picture at this point? Because I don't think he is. I think I think Palpatine knows about him. But, that's why I was going to ask you. You're familiar with the timeline because his sister says and that's why I was going to ask, and that's why I brought it up because his sister said that the, the cloak figure had already been visiting him ever since he landed back on the planet. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. I when Maul, did he start of course, working? Maul, of course, is dead by now, and it's been three years since Maul died, quote unquote. Uh, Maul's dead, so maybe he is at this point courting Doku uh, in 25 BBY. Uh, yeah, to be, um, you know, his next apprentice. Yeah, I just wonder if if that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, we have to look at the dates. Um, yeah, and especially the attachment. In this book leads you to believe that Doku has with Qui Gon. That you know, as as much as he liked his other apprentice, um, Qui Gon was, I mean, everything to him. Um, I got that very strong impression. In this book um yeah i don't know that i don't know that qui-gon meant so from what i got from the audio drama it was definitely that real avaros was his his uh his wingman uh during the padawan years i think that uh kai and uh qui-gon were both very good padawans and meant something to doku but just with the with the way that even after he's a jedi real comes back and has conversations with doku about stuff in this at least in this audio drama I, I feel like a, he got along with real better. I mean, I mean, as far as like intellectually. Um, oh yeah, make, yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. Yeah, real's nothing. <laughs> real's yeah. the real's the real's the go out drinking and carousing and come home and sleep it off the next morning type person. Yeah. And you see what happens. You, yeah, you got to read Master Apprentice. It's, it's okay. Touches on that very well, and I think you're, I think you're on anything. And I, and I think it's interesting theory that that Maul was really targeting Qui Gon uh, because he knew that Qui Gon could maybe suss stuff out or at least had enough of the dark side or not dark side had enough of knowledge of the dark side to be able to understand what doku right you know may have been like scheming up or anything and to prepare anakin for it because remember his training under doku was not rigid it was to basically your, your best defense against the dark side may actually be knowing the dark side um and when, whenever that's he what would... they all say, though they, every single one, that's what they say. I'm just yeah. gonna dabble a little bit and learn, you know, the tricks of the. Sh- uh, so that was the whole lead character in this in this whole audio drama. It, the, this you... proves the the necessity or the importance of diaries. If just one person had kept a diary and said, <laughs> "I'm true. gonna try the dark side hey, a little bit," Doku Oops. kept his diary. Do, yeah. Doku kept his journal. And, do and, not do and what Sash, I did. Do not Sash, do what I did. Sash found it, and. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Your diary is just going to like turn into like scribbles, and then be like, "Oh, you really do not do this. seek this the is treasure." Really good. Yeah. <laughs> do not seek the treasure. <laughs> Real Avros is the Jedi of this podcast. I'm sorry, he's just he's perfect. He's the I love that voice. Jedi. I love I hated the voice. that voice. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
I, I cannot believe going what, down to what terrible judgment I'm hearing right now. Podgel, Podgel's the place to be. Yeah. Based on what you guys are describing him, it sounds perfect too. Oh, it is. It's spot it's, on. It's like he's like he's like he doesn't. That's why. That's why it just amazes me that in this audio drama he is such he is so close to Doku when they are such complete opposites, like yeah. such complete opposites. Yeah, like, and I, I think I'm in this spoke with. I think they're very good buds, but as far as like being, I think. Doku saw Qui-Gon as being his intellectual equal. That it's something he could share deep thoughts with and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, well, he even makes reference to him being much older than his age, wisdom-wise. And um, Yeah, he does. And he makes that quote. Yeah. Qui-Gon, why do we park on driveways? Why do we drive on parkways? <laughs> Qui-Gon, <laughs> help me figure this out. Rail's drunk again. Help me figure this out. I'm going to try and talk to this snake. <laughs> Never heard of Eartha Kit. <laughs> oh my God! Stop it! <laughs> you you watch Emperor's New Groove and then go back and listen to to What's Her Face talking and tell me that is not the same the same voice. Massage Ventress and Eartha Kit. I mean, the, the two characters are very very similar. I will agree with you; they actually are, and they're both Disney properties. So, well, this, yeah, but she go. is she probably she's one of the biggest reasons, John. I can't wait for you to get into the Clone Wars. I'm really, cost, really. Guys. We're, we're talking about that briefly. I'm really looking forward to getting into Clone Wars because it's it's been a long time coming, and uh, as as uh, Erica says many times, you know, once we hit that stretch, it's going to be whew, that's a lot. But I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, they're 21 minutes each. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're, they're, no, they're, they're, they're yeah. You're going to enjoy them. And what right, do we so have to uh, what do we have to get through to get to that? We are only four four podcasts away from. Okay. So and, I them, that- and, and, and two of those are comic book podcasts, so they're not going to be huge, but they're going to be interesting. So, so this this story is again, it's ninety BBY when when the story starts, and then the main portion of the story toward the end of the audio drama is uh, twenty five BBY. Uh, on our next podcast, podcast number twelve, we are reading two more of the Age of Republic one offs, Jango Fett and Anakin, and then podcast thirteen is episode two. Episode two. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. The, the suspense was killing me. It was. I know. John, John was like, it, it is what? It is. I'm not going to say anything. The second yeah. best Star Wars movie ever. Episode made. three. No. No. It is <laughs> no, not. No, no, save it. Save it. I cannot believe he just said those words. Save it. <laughs> so episode two is, is probably, is in my, my, my mind personally, the least rewatched movie, Star Wars movie that I've not rewatched god that is, that there, is a there, there, there are many reasons why that's the case i, I am most of which have to do with sand but but i have to say that there is one person <laughs> on this on this podcast that really loves episode two it's because i can i can ignore bad directing um, and bad dialogue but okay well, well, let's get well, let's watch episode <laughs> bad two. directing bad dialogue bad acting let's save this for podcast 13 and then, John, uh, after that podcast 14, you and I are reading the Mace Windu series, which is a five-comic series arc, which is amazingly good arc. Very good arc. See, I bought an iPad um, Pro, and that was one of my intents, was to start getting the comic books. So far, I've not done it. Yeah, Comixology. Yeah, so yep. everybody that's listening to this podcast, we make no money whatsoever from Comixology. Nope. But you can we, you can go on there, and it's I think it's five bucks a month? I think four or five like bucks that. a month. Yeah, and you can read pretty much any Star Wars comic that's come out within or previous to six months ago. So whenever comics do really kick back in after the pandemic, um, you'll be able to go back and you know read anything before that. But pretty much everything is out there right now. I mean, anything that we're discussing on this podcast is already out there. Why would the um, pandemic so, affect comic book production? 
because the comic book shops are kind of not around right now. They can't. So, there's a guy sitting in a room by himself drawing things. Well, no, no, no. So the production, local comic books. So at least in our area, uh, there's not any local comic book shops right now, and comic books kind of stop shipping, and they save the stories for when they are able to. Sell them oh, it's a, it's a it's that it, they're not going to release them digitally. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Well, until they can ship the, them out. The, well, yeah. no, no, they'll re- they they could release them digitally for like four or five bucks or something more. But I think that what they're doing is they're holding back the stories because the stories tie into movies, the stories tie into other media, the stories okay. tie into toys. Okay. Yeah, their profit and, margin on the comic book shops are so yeah, extreme. yeah. So, so, so unfortunately, and this is a big unfortunate. And please, please support your local comic book shop. Whatever mm-hmm. uh, this whole thing, you know, kicks back, uh, gets over, and, and the economy really, really kicks back in. But I think really, if you want to get comic books right now, physically, uh, the only real big places to the only places to get them are the big, big, you know, midtown comics places like that, like huge places that, that do tons of different orders. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, it stinks, but I think also the comic book industry, like I said, it's peeled back a little bit. So, uh, whenever everything does really kind of kick back in, uh, support your local comic shop. Uh, all right. So podcast 13 is episode two and then podcast 14 is the start of the Mace Windu series. So we got, um, we got some comics coming up. We got episode two coming up. And then of course we got the, uh, Clone Wars doldrums is what I'm going to call them. And I shouldn't say doldrums cause they're not. Yeah. That's like, a really boring. negative connotation. Yeah. yeah I, I, I shouldn't say that. I, the reason I say doldrums is because it's going to be like a really long voyage, like in the like early 1900s across the uh, Atlantic ocean, because there's really not much in there besides Clone Wars episodes. So we're going to get a whole heap and helping of, of barfing over the side of the boat. Uh, while the while the while the boat shifts back and forth, and I'm not saying they're bad. I don't want to sound. Do, like do bad, continue but... this metaphor. I am. <laughs> I, I bought yeah. it. I'm already all in, so I have to keep going with it. So as we reach the shores of episode three, oh, <laughs> so but yes, but uh, yeah. So I'm just saying, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of a lot of Clone Wars episodes coming up. So fortunately, um, not all episodes involve clones or even the war. They're just complete you know, side side <laughs> side things. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an, it's an umbrella, umbrella title, but there's actually, there's several episodes that don't have Anakin or Obi-Wan in it at all. Um, so yeah, those are my the favorite really, episodes. The interesting thing is the word one appears in the word clone. So some episodes are just one person standing there having a yeah. monologue. <laughs> it's Qui-Gon. A monolo- a monolo- <laughs> <laughs> it's Qui-Gon talking to trees. It's Qui-Gon talking to trees. That's all it is. <laughs> It's I, I hate this tree. 30 minutes of a, a really bad accent person yeah. trying to do Qui-Gon. It's not Liam Neeson. Okay, so next on podcast number 12, we have two comics, The Age of Republic, Jango Fett, and The Age of Republic, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, I want to say thanks to William for joining us. Thank you for having me again. Uh, thank you to John, of course, for joining again. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to Eartha Kitt. <laughs> Wrong lever! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the 11 Parsecs Podcast, episode 11. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a good review. And be sure to check us out at 11parsecs.com and Discord. I'm Jonathan Smith with Eric Thompson and the already lost William Buchanan. Thank you for joining us.